106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. breakfast sandwich on the metro platform might be grounds for getting arrested, the liberal bastion of San Francisco now says they will not prosecute people for public urination, as in peeing in public, on the sidewalk. Now, considering that there are already dirty needles and human feces littering their sidewalks, this seems only par for the course for Nancy Pelosi's hometown. San Francisco's human waste problem has gotten so bad, in fact, the city has assembled an actual poop patrol to clean up the feces from the city sidewalks left there by the local homeless population. The poop patrol will have a staff of six and two trucks for a cost of about $750,000. An investigative survey conducted by NBC's Bay Area branch found trash on all 153 blocks surveyed, feces on 96 of them, and used needles on 41. The city's own Democratic mayor, London Breed, has complained that there are more feces than I've ever seen in his city streets. But apparently that's not bad enough, so the city's going to add a little pee on top of it. The income district attorney claimed on an American Civil Liberties Union questionnaire that the city will no longer prosecute cases involving so-called quality-of-life crimes, including homeless camps, prostitution, public urination, or blocking a sidewalk. So in other words, while a waiter can be fined or even jailed for offering a customer a plastic straw, any rando can roll out a sleeping bag, hire a hooker, and take a dump in front of the local Walgreens, and that's A-OK. -okay. So take note, tourists. Oh, and in Denver, it gets even better. The owner of Forethought.net, a local IT company, is being fined by the city for not cleaning up the human waste on the sidewalk in front of his own small business. He says he and his employees have stopped mopping up the poop in front of his store because it's a health hazard that they are not equipped to deal with. Probably because they specialize in servers and data backups and not picking up piles of crap. Every day we're dealing with garbage, needles, feces. He's cleaned it up several times, so was an employee but they've stopped. He says it's a health hazard. It's not something that we're equipped to deal with. It's not something we should have to deal with. But Denver, which has apparently failed to enforce their own laws against taking a dump on the street, is now charging him for his portion of the public sidewalk being a disgusting mess. And now he's gonna have to go to court in December to argue why his tech business shouldn't have to deal with a public biohazard problem. If the city's not going to enforce laws against trespassing or camping or public defecation and just make me bear the cost of these problems, that's just not right. But the city disagrees and has recently cited him. The city says if it's on his property, it's his responsibility. A city spokesperson says he can get additional tickets for each day it's not cleaned up. Y'all remember when Donald Trump called certain countries, um, let's say it politely, crap holes? And liberals got all upset like that's a major insult. Now, personally, I find it hilarious because that's literally what progressive-run cities in our own nation have become. Crap holes. Cities in which the streets are literally filled with crap. Not a metaphor. Actual human crap and pee and dirty needles and rats and disease and filth. So where now is this utopia that I'm supposed to buy into? Where's this liberal beacon of love and light and harmony where the poor are automatically taken care of because a Democrat's in charge and I'm supposed to sign away all of my money to get a slice of it? Where is that? To some degree, this is a public crime issue and a public health issue, and the city is the organization who's responsible for that. Because, see, all I'm seeing are fetid cesspools of human misery where the poor are allowed to pop a squat in the middle of a public sidewalk 
and kids are having to dodge human cow patties and half a pharmacy's worth of used syringes on their way to their subliterate elementary school because liberals, who are supposed to have all the answers, have no idea how to lift people out of poverty or solve our drug and mental health crises. Probably because all of their socialist policies are about as useful as an illegal plastic umbrella in a hurricane. But that's okay, y'all. Because I'm sure that with just a little bit more of our money, all of these problems will vanish in a puff of unicorn dust. Just watch where you step in the meantime. How's it going over there today? I hope you're doing okay. This is Lou Benninger. I'm with No Hostages Radio. And uh, this is the uh, program for, uh, let's see, is it the 23rd of this month, November 23rd. And this is our 34th broadcast. (coughs) And uh, we're going to be here for a little over two hours. And we're glad you're with us. Let me give you a couple ways to connect with us. If you're new to us, uh, you can reach me by email at Lou, L-O-U, with the at sign, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. Okay, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. You can dial me up and leave me a message or you can text me at 530-713-1838 530-713-1838 we do have a website and that's nohostagesradio.com nohostagesradio.com had a question the other day they said <clears throat> uh, listening to the website's really easy you just uh, you know on your computer just turn it on blah 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 but someone said if I listen to it on the website and my phone goes to sleep, then it cuts it off. And I checked into that this week, and uh, people that are smarter than I am said, Lou, that's true when you listen to the website broadcast or the podcast recording on the website, nohostagesradio.com. But if you listen to the podcast on a podcast source like iTunes or Google, then you can just click on it on your phone. And even though your phone takes a snooze, he said that it would continue to play. So that's the latest on that. I have not experienced all that, but that's what I was told is the truth. <clears throat> so um, those places you can get it at the website. The other thing that you can get on the website, I do write some articles up here in Northern California or in Yuba County. I write for a, a weekly newspaper that is on the internet you can get it at uh, territorialdispatch.biz or you can if you're up in this area in the yuba sutter or nevada county there's some uh, stacks of them at various places around the community it's a free newspaper or or you can subscribe and they'll mail it to you but i write a couple articles each week there but i also post them on our website at no hostages radio if you're interested so sometimes the information i'm giving you uh on the podcast has to do sometimes with those articles or i'll refer to them 
But if you wanted to have those or download them, uh, have a happy. I don't have any copyright on them. You can do whatever you want with them. Repeat them, copy them, send them, forward them. Have a happy time. So the reason I'm doing this show is to uh, influence people. And I'm not trying to convert uh, people that, that hate conservative ideas. Uh, I'm fine with them being liberal. I'm okay with that. But there's a lot of people that are trying to figure out what's going on in our, in our world today. <clears throat> and uh, I, I've never seen a time in my life, uh, I've followed politics for many years, or life, you know, in the nation for many years, as an adult. And I had never seen anything like is going on today. And so things are shaken, and I think things are going to be shaken some more. So I'm, I'm here to talk about it, and uh, some friends of mine got me into this about six or maybe seven years ago. We started out with radio and did that for about five years and then switched over to podcast, but I was a little uh, hesitant about doing this. I'm not a professional broadcaster. They thought I should get on the radio and talk about my view towards things. So I tried it for a while at a, an hour uh, a day and uh, hour a Saturday, and then we went up to two and then up to three, and then, then we came over here and and we do about uh, two hours of uh, solid talking and information, clips, talking, all that kind of stuff. So we're interested. I, I, I'm of the opinion that everybody's going to in, be influenced by someone. And for a lot of you, I think you're better off being influenced by me. So that's why I'm on here. I have uh, If I didn't have any other people involved with me, like children and grandchildren, I would probably, have, I would probably invest my time elsewhere. But I'm concerned about the future of the nation, future of California, where I was born and raised, and uh, but future of the entire country I'm concerned about. So uh, I'm not interested in being passive. I never have been, and uh, I'm not uh, happy about passive people. Uh, I don't think the country would have, uh, well, I know the country would have never got to where it is today with passivity in terms of the successful parts of the country, the good parts of the country, the people, certainly the early founders, and all the way up to the greatest generation, the people that survived the Depression of World War II, those people were not passive. They weren't pussies. And they gave us what we have today, and unfortunately it's beginning to unravel because people think, oh, I don't really need to do anything, excuse, 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 and it's all going to work out in the end. Well, uh, you may not be so happy how it's going to work out. So we're talking today and every other day that we're on the air. Um, and if you want to help keep us on the air, you can do that. We have some people that contribute to us. I'll talk about them later. But if you'd like me to talk about your business or anything about what you're doing, if it's if it's uh, honest, right, legal and uh, uplifting contributing to the community i'd be happy to help promote what you're up to and and for a small fee i'm not making any money in fact it costs me money to do this but if you want to contribute and me uh, talk about it uh, i will the the broadcast is being listened to primarily in california but there's people from a variety of states listening we can track that much better than when we were on the radio we can actually track who's tapping into the internet or the website, and also the podcasts, and what states, and how many, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but you're if you're up here in the Northern California area, and you, et cetera, you may primarily be interested in uh, pitching your 
product or service here. If that's true, uh, the the good thing is that the podcasts are recorded and people can tap in and listen to that. In other words, it's not like the newspaper. Once it's printed, used, and passed on, it's gone. So uh, you can give me a shout-out at 530-713-1838 or talk to me, or uh, you could email me at lou at nohostagesradio.com. That's an L-O-U. All right, so um, thanks for listening. Thanks for your comments. Uh, even thanks for your cuss-outs. I don't mind getting cussed out. It you know, I, can, I sleep great at night, whether you call me an effer. Uh, or a racist, or all those kind of things. I'm going to go over a couple of things I read this week. I called them sh- I call them shorts, and uh, as opposed to longs. And it says I read this. I thought it was cute. It said Russians and Ukrainians are opening an investigation to see if the Democrats have any connection to America. I just just think on that, as the Bible would say, say law s e l a h. That means think on that. Just ponder that. Or marinate on that. Russians and Ukrainians are opening an investigation to see if the Democrats have any connection to America. <clears throat> so uh, another guy says, uh, faux virtue, F-A-U-X virtue. In other words, fake virtue or fraud virtue, right? House Democrats, this is John David Daniel Davidson said this. House Democrats and the media should spare us the sanctimonious narrative that every impeachment witness is a selfless hero whose credibility is above questioning and whose every statement must be taken at face value. After all, we need look no further than the appalling display of other deep state bureaucrats connected to the Russia collusion hoax, such as former FBI director James Comey, dirtbag, his deputy, Andrew McCabe, a liar, and the sneering former FBI agent, Peter Strzok, liar, cheat, and adulterer. For example, he says, check these out for examples of craven, dishonest, deep state bureaucrats who despise Trump and will seemingly do anything to undermine his administration. So this is, was an interesting uh, short, although it's a longer short. It says, um, airports around the world are reporting record revenues after introducing a long-awaited long feature. Now, when I, I'm getting ready to fly over to Vietnam, so when I fly through airports, I notice this on all the TVs around the world. CNN has a corner on them. So this is airports around the world are reporting record revenues after introducing a long-awaited feature, the ability to turn off CNN on television sets in the terminals. So I thought, oh, this has got my attention. For, for just one quarter, you can turn off CNN for a, a full 15 minutes while you're waiting for your flight, leaving you with the far superior experience of just staring at a blank screen. At long last, said one man waiting for his flight at LaGuardia as he dropped a few dollars worth of quarters into the turn CNN off slot. Honestly, he said, I might fly more now. He's not alone. Airports expect a 426% uptick in traveling over the holidays as flyers no longer have to worry about having the droning words of CNN hosts pounded into their heads for hours on layover. The feature has been one of the most requested by travelers along the, with the dismantling of the TSA and pretzel bags with more than three pretzels in them. 
The money-making move has inspired moments of human compassion and unity as travelers lend each other money or leave quarters behind atop the television sets for further travelers, future travelers to turn off CNN. One anonymous philanthropist at DFW pre- prepaid for over a year of CNN minus or less travel throughout the tournament. Terminal. Terminal. In other words, he just paid for everybody. It's great to see what humanity can accomplish when we unite, said one man at LAX, as he rummaged through his pocket to lend a quarter to a woman who wanted to turn off the CNN screen near her. Here you go, miss. Enjoy your flight. CNN is protesting the move, saying it has cut their viewing audience in half, leaving them with just one person. A similar program is being rolled out in hospital waiting rooms as well throughout the country. Well, I'm going to check on the uh, San Francisco and also the uh, Seoul, Korea terminals and then Vietnam as I fly around the world here pretty soon. Also, just an update uh, up here in Yuba County in Northern California. There's about 20 20 to 24 counties up here that would like to separate from the state of California and, and establish their own state called the state of Jefferson. I don't really care what they call it. Uh, as long as it's different than California and separate from California. But up here in Yuba County, we're rural up here, and uh, we have about 644 square miles, and there's about 75,000 people live in this county. But the counties around us are also very rural, a lot of farming, logging, all kinds of stuff up here that's nice. And uh, But the uh, the cities and counties up here, like lots of cities and counties throughout the 58 counties of California, are running out of money because they made commitments. The politicians over the years, over decades, have made one commitment after another, selling their soul to the unions. And then uh, they give up all these fantastic pensions as people come to work for the county or the city or some agency. They promise them not only to pay them while they work, but pay them while they breathe for the rest of their life, very fancy um, retirement plans. And the problem is that the people really don't fund their own plan like we do in the private sector. They just maybe have to put a little bit in, and then the taxpayer's on the hook forever and ever, amen. And uh, so the CalPERS, the California Public Employee Retirement System, and CalSTRS, the California State Teachers Retirement System, are going broke because counties and cities and agencies and jurisdictions cannot continue to deplete the general fund because they never funded these retirements. They're called unfunded liabilities. A liability, if you haven't taken accounting yet, is money that you owe someone. A liability is money that you owe someone. An asset is some money that you have in your pocket, okay? So when you hear unfunded liability, that's a promise to pay someone something, right? But you don't have the money to do it. That's called a lie, right? Or presuming on the future. And good financial counselors will tell you, do not uh, presume upon the future. It's bad juju. But cities and counties have um, done that and... uh, It's such an ironclad, gun-to-the-temple type of a program that if you try to back out of it, they say that you're going to owe every bit 
of all you uh, are liable for, for all your employees that ever have lived and are still living, and all the employees you have employed now, you need to pay that all up front, then leave CalPERS and start your own deal, right? So everybody wets their pants at that point and figures we can't do that, so we're just getting screwed. That's kind of deal that's damned if you do and damned if you don't. So um, we've been keeping track because here um, in the last election, the county of Yuba decided it wanted to raise another percent on top of the seven and a half percent that is uh, assessed to all our sales in California. The, the county wanted to get a percent on top of that and keep that entire percent local. And uh, they they wrote the uh, uh, the ordinance to present it to the public to vote on deceptively. And they they argued because they're the smartest people in Northern California. You know, the five supervisors and Robert Bendorf, the county administrator and then the county council. They're the smartest people in the world. So anything once they get elected, they become they they get a new brain. And it's uh, it never makes a wrong decision or never. They always know more than everybody else. But even though uh, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association is loaded with uh, attorneys that are versed in in uh, tax law, they just blew them off. Uh, They blew off all the other input they had from anti Measure K people. And they put it on the ballot and they got and it it got more votes than it uh, was opposed. More people voted yes than no, but not enough, according to the anti-major K people. But they the county said, we're going to go ahead and start charging the tax. So every day that goes by since April of earlier this year, we're, we're nigh, about nine thousand dollars or more have been taken out of the taxpayers pockets that normally they'd get to spend on their own needs. Right. So it's about $270,000 a month that's being taken out of uh, citizens' pockets in Yuba County. And right now, we, we are, it's like just a guesstimate because it just is – if you try to find out information from the county, it's like blowing a hole in the side of a ship. You just It's very difficult to get information and get it easy. So we're just guesstimating, but we think we're underestimating – but to date, we're, they've collected about $2.5 million as of November 20 uh, of an illegal tax. Why would I say illegal? Because Judge Barrier, the Superior Court, one of them, Superior Court judges of Yuba County, um, listened to a lawsuit and uh, decided that, yes, indeed, the Measure K uh, opponents were correct. The ordinance was written incorrectly. It was an illegal vote. And uh, the... Uh, the taxing should stop. But instead of stopping right there, the county then appealed to an appellate court. And so therefore the money keeps getting taken out of our pockets. And you know who gets to keep that money? Win or lose? The county does. Isn't that unjust? Isn't that theft? It's totally a ripoff. So if they, at the appellate court, if the judge says, no, Judge Barrier was exactly right, and everybody else was exactly right all the way along. You should have paid attention to him and wrote the ordinance different. But the county, I'm told, is going to get to keep all that money. So and you think, well, I wonder how long this appeal is going to go on for. They tell us that the appeal 
it takes about two years to appeal, uh, to get through the appeal process. So my guess is that we're going to be somewhere between five to $10 million taken out of our pockets. Now, if you want to thank somebody for taking five or $10 million of your pocket that you, you would have, you know, I, I'm just presuming if you're listening to this show very much that you prefer to spend your own money rather than give it to the government and then spend it foolishly because most of this money, you know, where it's going to go. It's not going to pave a road. It's not going to hire anybody. It's going to go to pay off pensions because they can't afford to pay the pensions. And they lied to us about that. And, uh, I won't go into all the details of the thing. I've talked about it many, many times before. If you're kind of late to the situation here, uh, you'll have to just sort that out yourself. But uh, they lied to us. And uh, I have lost total confidence in our administration because they were, they've been deceptive and they took hundreds of thousands of tax dollars, which is against the law and a violation of our free speech rights, and spent it to, to lobby us to actually advertise and lobby against what we wanted to take more taxes from us. That's, that's what they want. But we, we weren't into it, but they used our own money. That's like taking your gun from you and shooting you with your own gun. It's not right. So, um, we're going to, we're going to take a little break here. I'm going to just a couple of minutes, but I want to play a clip, which is very inspiring. And, uh, president Trump pardoned three heroes that were being railroaded by our own military bureaucracy. And uh, then we're, I'm just going to take a, a little refresher, drink a tea here, and then I'm going to be right back. I'm going to play this, come right back. So don't be running off and making any big tri-tip. If you're going to do anything, make a quick tuna sandwich, and we'll be right back. All right. We are back with the Fox News alert. President Trump intervening on behalf of three U.S. service members accused or convicted of war crimes. The president issued pardons to Army officers Matthew Goldstein and Clint Lorenz and restored the rank of Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher, a highly decorated special operator who worked tirelessly to clear his name after being accused and eventually acquitted of war crimes last July. Chief Petty Officer Eddie Gallagher joins us now. Chief, thank you so much for being on the program. Uh, congratulations. Your initial reaction when you learned, got a phone call from the President of the United States, that you're going to get your rank back? Uh, it was uh, pretty surreal, you know, to get a phone call from the White House and have them tell you that the President is on the line uh, for you. So. Uh, I, I had a feeling that it was coming um, because, you know, the president has shown the nation that he's been a man of his word uh, this whole time since he took office. And it was just uh, overwhelming. It was a feeling of joy and, and gratitude um, to be able to speak to him and to hear what the decision that he was making from his mouth. Chief, can you share a little bit of what, what the president said to you? Uh, sure. He, uh, you know, he was very easy to talk to. He got, got on the phone. Uh, he cracked a joke with me. He saw me at the uh, Veterans Day Parade in New York um, in the crowd. And then uh, he proceeded to tell me that uh, he thanked me for my service and then told me that he was going to be restoring my rank back to Chief Petty Officer and also expunging 
everything from my record uh, so that I could retire honorably and that, you know, basically this, it was like this thing had never happened. Um, Boy, that's an and, even bigger uh, thing, to expunge it all and say, hey, like this never happened. You're going to get an opportunity to retire if you so choose uh, with, with, with all the honors that you've earned through your service to our country. Um, what, what, do you, what, is it, what does he understand about your situation, about our war fighters, that, that brings him to make these kind of decisions, do you believe? You know, it, he, he uh, knew a lot about my situation and knew a lot about all the uh, injustices that went on during you know, this whole ordeal that I went through. We, uh, we talked about, um, you know, the prosecutors, uh, Chris Chaplack, who was, you know, spying on my defense team. Um, he, you know, said that if, this was, if that would happen in New York, he, you know, those people would have been arrested. Um, and then he also um, went into, uh, you know, Corey Scott, uh, the, the uh, SEAL who stood mm -hmm. up and took ownership of what really happened. Um, and, uh, Pretty much, you know, he, he told me that he wanted to uh, instill confidence back into the uh, warfighters of our community that were, you know, going over there and doing the job. And he, he didn't want them second-guessing themselves. And he wanted them to know that, you know, he had a president who had their back. It's amazing. You mentioned all the warfighters. Well, as you know, uh, First Lieutenant Clint Lawrence was released from prison uh, the very same day, got a phone call from the president, um, as well as Matthew Goldstein, Green Beret, also got that phone call and was, was cleared. We had Matt on the program yesterday. Here's what he said. Listen. I think it sends a, a clear signal that the president of the United States is paying attention, uh, that uh, he's not going to be backed off by, uh, you know, institutional uh, elements of the DOD that are going to try to um, you know, retain their ability to do certain things and, and force outcomes and uh, weaponize the military justice process and then hide behind process. Do you feel the same way? Do you feel like the military justice system uh, is, is in some ways broken? Oh, it definitely is broken. Um, it's a system that needs to be fixed, and that's what I plan on doing when I finally retire. Um, I'm going to uh, start a nonprofit and help uh, warfighters that are going through uh, hmm. similar uh, ordeals that, that I went through, and then also use that as a platform to speak out on uh, justice reform in the military. Very cool. Uh, continue to give back. Hey, briefly, if you would, Eddie, how's your family doing? How's your wife after all of this? Uh, she is overjoyed. Um, you know, it's it's been it's like a huge weight that has just taken off our shoulders. Um, I, I don't think that we've uh, it has fully sunk in since we got the news yesterday or the day before yesterday. I, uh, we're still sort of you know on cloud nine about it. Um, mm. But I can tell you that you know we my family is completely you know grateful for this decision. Um, and then we are you know I'll be returning back to work tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> Uh, putting in for retirement. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be returning in a defensive posture because mm -hmm. I'm expecting full retaliation from my command. Wow. That is, well, keep us posted if that indeed happens. Uh, they're messing with the prerogative of the commander-in-chief. Eddie Gallagher, thank you so much for your time this morning.
right into our second segment we go. So I was talking about Major K as we um, as we switched, uh, moved over into a little clip. And I wanted to talk about um, an article that you can read the whole article. I'm not going to read my own article. But because I have notes there in the article, uh, I want to just refer to them. And uh, I was talking to some of my friends today uh, or over the last week or so about today's show that I'm doing. And we were talking about that it just seems like no matter what jurisdiction, no matter what topic, we've run out of money. And at some point you have to ask, what are our income tax for? If you look at how many taxes you're paying on all your activities throughout the day, throughout the, the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, you're paying on probably a hundred different activities that you do. And I don't want to take the time to go through that. I've actually written articles where I listed all those taxes from telephones and water and tire taxes and sales taxes and fees and surcharges. But uh, it just seems right now that every agency uh, known to man in California is asking us for more money because we're not paying enough. It's just more and more and more and more taxes. If you look on your tax bill in Yuba County, I can't speak for Sutter County, although recently I did see a Sutter County tax bill, a friend of mine. Many, many people in, in Yuba County are actually paying, when they get their property tax bill, they have the property tax listed there. Then they have all these bonds that are listed, bonds for levy repair, bonds for utility bond, bonds for repairing the high schools repairing the colleges or build, building new colleges or new new classrooms. And, uh, and when you add up all those extras, they actually come up with more money than your property taxes. It's incredible. So I saw one property tax in, in Sutter County, and, I, and this was a, a very nice home. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's lavish. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know where it would match up in terms of whether it's in the middle or a little bit above middle in terms of value of Sutter County homes, but the homeowner was paying a thousand dollars, more than a thousand dollars each month in taxes and fees and paying back bonds and relieving school debt. I want you to just think about that. That's not their house payment. That's not their insurance. That's just the, the taxes and fees to actually own property on this. They have a, a pr piece of property. Maybe they have a half acre. I'm just guessing. Um, and a nice size home. That's it. $1,000 a month. But it doesn't cover any of the other costs. So now uh, we learn that the... Yuba County Community College District, which includes Yuba, Sutter, a little bit of Butte, a little bit of Placer, Calusa, and Yolo, are going to go. You know, in 2006, we everybody passed a big old bond, big old bond, and it was uh, to build that campus over there in Sutter County on West Onstott. Sorry, let's see, I always get East, West, East, East Onstott Road between Pease and Eager. You can see it driving down Highway 99. Nice big building there. Built that building. And then out at the, at the Yuba County, uh, Yuba College campus, they repaired lots and lots of buildings because the, that campus is 50, 60 years of age. And uh, then I'm sure they did work over in Williams and Woodland and all that kind of stuff. So all of a sudden, 
Um, now, the, the word is that the college board has unanimously approved putting on the 2020, March 2020 ballot, a request to uh, raise another $412 million in bonds. Well, when they say bonds, you pay those off sometimes over 30 to, you know, some 30 or more years, long time. And with the interest, it's a lot in the payback, right? Um, so uh, the payback is actually, let me rephrase that. The bonds are $228.4 million and the payback's $412 million. So my, my dad always told me, he said, Lou, you're better off paying with cash because then you, you end up with a car, you end up with a house, you end up with something at a certain price. But if you have to go borrow money and you have to, then you have to pay all the materials to build the house, then you've got to pay that person back plus interest. You're paying a lot more for the same old house. So instead of like $228 million uh, worth of school improvements, we're getting $228 worth of school improvements. $228 million worth of school improvements, but we're having to pay a penalty above that all the way up to $412 million because we can't afford it and we have to pay it back over lots and lots and lots and lots of years. Did you know that on school bonds, no one that is renting uh, in our community has to pay those? Only property owners, right? And the, and the assessment will be $25 per $100,000 of assessed property value. So if you have a $300,000 home, you'll pay $75 per year until those are completely paid off, right? So a lot of these bonds, like in 2006, remember the 2006 bonds, and they've made a lot of improvements over there at the college, right? They, they show up as four bonds on your um, tax bill, A, a bond A, bond B, bond C, and bond D. And uh, bond A is going to be paid off in 2031. How many of you are going to be living then? And bond B in 2046. Bond C in 2050. How many have been going to be hang, still hanging around then? I'm sure not. And bond D in 2039. So for all those years, the piece of property that you own, whether you own it or the next guy owns it, is going to be... Uh, build a certain amount of money to pay for those four bonds we've been paying on for 13 years now right and so if we pass this bond in march 3 2020 it's a 228.4 million dollar bond if we pass that that debt of the payback of 412 million is going to get added on to the remaining debt of the 2006 bonds. And you know how much that total debt is going to be? The total debt is going to be 600. And uh, let's see, $603 million. So if you vote on that bond, yes, on March 3, 2020, you are indebting Yuba, Sutter, Yolo, Calusa, and a few people in Butte and Placer. You're indebting all this group 
for $603 million. And I don't even, I can't even quote you the date when they would pay, pay the new ones off. But for the old ones, the old ones from 2006, you're pushing it all the way out to 2050. Come on, man. It's unbelievable. Now, the, the, here's the funny thing to me about it, or the odd thing about it. I've been doing a little research. And I learned that uh, in the last bond in 2006, they basically asked for the same thing. They needed to repair classrooms. They needed to build a new building, like they built a new campus in Sutter, Sutter uh, County. So what they're saying, almost the same thing this time. We need to repair roofs. We need to re- take out asbestos. We need to repair this, fix the road, do this, do that. And they want to build another building in Sutter County. And I, the question I have is why? Because the attendance in schools are going down in California, in, co- in junior colleges. It's not true anywhere else in the United States. But in the, the attendance at junior colleges in California are at a 20-year low. So why are we adding more, more seats? Why are we adding more seats? Why don't we add some modulars instead of getting into this debt, add a module that you can pay for in cash, right? There's some modulars out at Yuba college. And, um, it's the same issue where they wanted a bond to build a new school out at Plumas Lake. And the question we asked back in the election was, why do you need it? Oh, well, there's that, that you Plumas Lake expanding it. So what if, what if the, expansion doesn't mean anything if the people don't have any kids a school is not for 80 year olds or 60 year olds the school is for families with little children so it doesn't matter how many people live in a community some communities are almost kid free anymore san francisco for instance they're scrubbing the kids out of the community they can't afford to live there so why would you need schools down there so what we found out, which the people that, that were promoting the bond didn't want us to know, and Gary Bradford, who's a supervisor, couldn't find his butt with both hands on that school issue. He was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we need to tax ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we need it. Da, da, da. And then we brought up, said, do you know how many empty seats you got? Oh, I have no idea how many empty seats. The guy's totally clueless. He's like, a, he's like dealing with a piece of cardboard upstairs. They had 500 room for 500 more students out there and they wanted all these millions and millions of dollars to have brand new classrooms and stuff but you can add a modular all the time you can add a bunch of modulars and handle overflow if you need to so what we got is is just all these people want more and more and more and more money and the other thing i noticed is that the the money coming to the uh the junior colleges I wondered, how are these colleges, are we funding these colleges off these bonds? And I learned that the state of California, you pay your taxes, and then the state of California dedicates a certain proportion or percentage of the fund, general fund, uh, they dedicate that to schooling. And in 1965-66, the community colleges received 38% of all higher education funding with the state colleges getting 25% and the university system getting 37%. Well, that may or may not mean something to you, but if you didn't catch the the numbers right, the community colleges got more than the rest of them compared 
compared to one-on-one, community college against state or community college against universities. But by 2016, community colleges were guaranteed not 37 or 38 percent as they were in 65, 66. They they went up 20 percent or more than 20 percent. They actually went up and now they were getting 58 percent of all higher education of the higher education pie. Community colleges are getting 58 percent of the higher education pie compared to state colleges getting 20 percent. And universities, 22%. So let's think of the ways that colleges get their money. One is through just what I told you. Number two is uh, from these bonds, right? It's the same way that counties and cities get some money from the state, from taxes. And then if they don't like how much they get, they go out and float these tax measures so they have another source of income. Convince people, we don't have the money unless you give us some more so um, so the, the state government's giving the college system, the state system, the UC system, and the community college system, they're giving them money. And, and the second place is they can, they can have these bonds. And the third place is tuition, right? The interesting thing about tuition that's different from when I went to school when we all just paid our own way is that now they've encouraged people to take out all these student loans. And who do you think gets ends up paying for the delinquent stu- student loans? Because Barack Obama removed those student loans from the private loan in- industry and and had the federal government make those loans. Who do you think is picking up the tab on those when people don't pay for them? They graduate with 20000 owed, 10000 15000 and they, they're not making that much coming out of college, and they just can't pay them back. So now they want to just forgive those loans. It's just an additional tax on us, right? So what's happened is is, is in 65, 66, the junior colleges were, were getting 38% of the high, higher education pie of money, and now they're getting 58% of that pie, that piece of pie, and the community college funding, according to the California Policy Institute, is at an all-time high, approaching $7,000 per student. And that's in 2017, which is basically about two and a half years ago. Got that? So you think, well, how do we compare with the rest of the country? Well, Texas just cut funding uh, to their colleges by 20%. And so did Pennsylvania. The average investment nationwide in higher education increased just 2% uh, from 2010 to 2015-16. So that's, they, basically they, they've remained about the same. But in California, it's gone up. You know, it, it hit the wall during the recession, the housing bubble in 2007, but since then it's been going up. So uh, the Yuba County... Uh, trustees or board members haven't really made an argument uh, to clarify why there's this need. Now, there's always a need if you spend the money for the wrong stuff. In fact, I was talking to an educator, uh, a person who worked in education this week, and she said, uh, she reminded me, because I was on the Yuba County Office of Education Board, and we would we would make application to the state uh, for maintenance needs on the buildings. And we would apply for deferred maintenance funding. 
and they would give it to us many most of the time if they agreed with it and they had the money so i don't know whether the junior college system has that ability or not but i think the, the yuba college is going to have a tough argument because everybody and his brother is putting these initiatives on the ballot and causing all people to freak out causing people to freak out because you're just getting not nickel and dimed but one dollar and a hundred dollars to death you're getting a hundred dollar and one dollar and one hundred dollars uh, dinged to death so that's the uh that's the tax situation. It's not good, people. It's not good. Now, um, the other day, I've been reading about all these efforts to take guns away from people when they aren't really killing hardly anybody. The things that are killing people are hitting somebody with a blunt object or stabbing them, not shooting them. I like the idea of shooting. Then you don't have to get too close. You can stand back. You don't even have to look at the person in the face. You just shoot them. So I like this. I just got this in the mail. I, I subscribe. I, I'm an NRA member, though I don't really do any shooting anymore. I've got some guns, but I don't really do do target practice and all that. Because I'm an IR, R, uh, sorry, an NRA member, uh, I received this American Rifleman magazine. And I like it because right in the front, it lists a bunch of articles about the armed citizen. So I'm going to read you a few because they're so inspiring. I just love them. And people have advocated if everybody was armed, then there'd be a lot less crime. Said a masked, in, masked intruder allegedly entered a home on uh, morning of August 18th in Lexington County, South Carolina and struck three people with the butt of a shotgun. Now, if you don't know anything about guns, a butt is not like your butt. A butt of shotgun is a wooden part that fits up against your shoulder opposite the end of the barrel. That's the butt. So uh, three people, he got beat up being slammed with the butt of a shotgun before the intruder was shot in the chest by one of the uh, occupants. So now you can clap and cheer. The 26-year-old man was reportedly attempting to steal a safe from the home. Police arrested him after he was released from the hospital, charged him with numerous crimes. An accomplice who drove him to the home was also arrested and charged. Uh, the homeowners were not charged. Here's another one. A woman shot a Des Moines, Iowa guy at August 27th after he hit her with a liquor bottle in a dispute. Police reports that 27-year-old subject who had a gunshot wound, a suspect had a gunshot wound to the leg, initially gave a false name and said he had been shot by an unknown man for unknown reasons. So many people don't have any idea what's going on. Unknown, unknown, unknown. The man was charged with willful injury and other crimes related to the incident. The woman defending herself was not charged. Hallelujah to you. A concealed, here's another one. Concealed weapon, uh, carry permit holder stopped a man reportedly threatening people with a knife at McDonald's restaurant during lunchtime in Koshukdon, Ohio. According to the county sheriff's office, 70-year-old guy 
concealed carrier drew his gun and he ordered the knife-wielding 22-year-old man to drop his weapon. He refused and left the restaurant. The armed citizen then followed him outside. 70-year-old guy after this 27-year-old guy followed him outside, convinced him to drop the knife, held him at gunpoint until deputies arrived. The suspect was charged with attempted aggravated robbery. Sheriff's Office credited the concealed weapon, um, a concealed permit holder with heroic actions that prevented injury and loss of life. Isn't that great? So um, it says here, studies, there's a few more of these I'll read after the break. We're here at another break. Studies indicate that firearms are used more than 2 million times a year for personal protection and that uh, the presence of a firearm without a shot being fired prevents crime in many instances. It would prevent me if somebody's pointing a gun at me. Shooting usually can be justified only when the crime constitute an immediate imminent threat to life, liberty, life, limb, and in some cases, property. All right, we'll be, I'm going to talk a, a couple more of these when we get back. Uh, I want you, I want to play a little clip here. Are you supporting anti-Second Amendment companies? Fits right into my topic. Be right back. Did I disappoint you? Or leave a bad taste in your mouth? You act like you never had love. And you want me to go Well, it seems that some people don't think I or others are worthy of being called Americans if they give a review on a Springfield Armory gun. Now, I usually don't respond to insults, but this one warrants a... No! Hell no! 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 I refuse... No! No! Being the free speech-loving American that I am, you are certainly welcome to your opinions and the expression of them. But I'd like to offer a few thoughts on this and set the record straight about a few things. Because I'm assuming when someone says something like this that they hold themselves to the same standards of freedom boycotting that they impose on others. I'm also assuming that they've done their own research into their own consumer behavior to make sure that they don't support any companies that are anti-freedom. Let me break something down for y'all. Here is a small sampling of companies that support anti-Second Amendment causes. Target, CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, Citibank, AT&T. Are you on social media right now? Cause Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube are all not gun rights friendly. What phone or device are you watching this on? Cause Samsung, Apple, Google, and Verizon have all donated to anti-gun organizations. Got somewhere to go? Well, you may want to call an old school cab because Uber and Lyft are pro-gun control. Want to drive your Ford truck or your Porsche instead? Nope, there are other big donors to anti-2A groups. Thirsty? You may want to avoid Starbucks, Coca-Cola, and Pepsi. Now this one may disappoint the gum bunnies, but Victoria's Secret? I'm more of a jeans gal myself, but I do stay away from Lee and Levi's. Levi Strauss even paid their employees to participate in anti-gun activism. Cowboys be like, what the? Need to pay for something? Well, don't use American Express or PayPal. Sending or receiving any packages? Don't use UPS. Like to watch a show when you're chilling in your Airbnb? I hope it's not NBC or HBO. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Cause that is an HBO series. Yeah, winter's coming. 
coming down on your freedom. Now that is just a fraction of the companies that are anti-Second Amendment. So to those of you that want to belittle or put down someone who accepts a gift or supports a company that you don't like, well, I'm going to wager a very large sum of money that if you took time to do a little research into your own consumer behavior, you'd find yourself to be a hypocrite. The beautiful thing about capitalism in the United States is that we have the freedom to choose who we do business with. We vote with our money. When Target announced their transgender bathroom policy, I stopped shopping there. That was over three years ago. Do you think that was easy for a woman who likes to decorate her home and get good deals on all the crap you might need for your house? That is sacrifice. Many people like me do the same and Target changed their bathroom policy because their stock price went down. Money talks. But it would be extremely difficult to function in modern day society and only do business with companies that support all your values 100% of the time. That's why I believe it's okay to pick and choose where you're gonna make your stand. My advice would be to pick a few companies to avoid and then build to that list when you can. And before making a new purchase, do some quick research on what company would be best to give your money to. Right now, I still don't shop at Target, I avoid Walgreens, I never buy Levi's or Lee jeans, and I avoid Starbucks like the plague. You don't have to like a certain product or shop at a certain store or company. That is your choice. But stop with the hypocritical I'm a better American than you bullshit. Ain't nobody got time for that! As far as Springfield Armory goes as a company, I will write my thoughts below this video so you can see that if you'd like. I am very thankful that we have the freedom to choose what we buy for American competition, and that we can research companies and see what their values are and make decisions from there. A great place to start is the Second Vote website. I am not being paid to promote them. They are just a great organization that I have personally used for years. They research a ton of companies and then they let us know what those companies support and don't support. I think it's worth checking out. I know you're still living your life Here we go again. I'm just talking about these different instances around the country uh, where people that either had a weapon in the home or a concealed weapon saved lives or saved their own life. Said a Metro PCS employee shot and killed an alleged robber around 4 p.m. August 26 in Philadelphia. Surveillance video showed the would-be robber pulled a gun from the pocket of his hooded sweatshirt and turned toward the clerk just before the employee shot him. You can go da 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 right now. The employee, who is reportedly a concealed weapon holder and Marine reservist, was the only person in the store when the suspect entered. The district attorney agreed with the police that the shooting was in self-defense. Okay, how about this one? 62-year-old hearing-impaired woman reportedly shot a 31-year-old male intruder in her home. The guy was in her home at 5.30 at night, just came on in. According to to the LaFleur County Sheriff, the woman saw the stranger in her home and yelled at him to leave, but he did not comply. She retrieved her rifle and again ordered him to leave. When the man advanced toward her, she fired one round in his chest. Hallelujah to you, honey. The man who police said had a lengthy criminal history was pronounced dead at the scene. Thank you, Jesus. All right, here's another one. An armed citizen in Spartanburg, South Carolina reported, reportedly shot a man, threatening him with a piece of lumber outside a home improvement store on August 18th. The two men, 
knew each other, began arguing in the store, but the armed citizen disengaged and tried to avoid the other man. The suspect then went out to the parking lot, got a four-foot piece of lumber from his vehicle, and waited for the other man. He then followed the armed citizens to his vehicle and threatened him with the lumber, probably a two-by-four, four-by-four. The assailant ignored the man's orders to back away and continued to advance until the armed citizen was forced to shoot. The suspect died shortly thereafter. Police said the shooter acted in self-defense. This is a good one. A female manager of a rural drive-in movie theater. Who have, who's heard one of those before? Man, I used to go to those. I like drive-in movie theaters. This is in Hockley, Texas. If you want to go to a drive-in movie theater, go down to Hockley. She shot a suspected robber who att- attacked her with a baseball bat. After hours, the manager was finishing her shift at 2.30 in the morning, September 16th, when she and another employee heard unusual noises. They went to investigate, found two men allegedly hiding inside the theater. One of the men ran off. The other reportedly wore a mask, gloves, and struck the manager with the bat. She pulled out her gun, shot him dead. Come on, girl. I love these stories. All right. Enough with the, what do they call it, the rifleman or something like that. Well, Chick-fil-A is in the news again, and uh, there's a gal that's supposed to sing at a halftime ceremony on Thanksgiving Day. You know, the Dallas Cowboys had this traditional turkey day. They play football on that day. So this lady, I don't know, I'm really out of touch with all this music and stuff. I love music, but I'm out of touch with all the contemporary singers and stuff. This lady named Ellie Golding, Golding, G-O-U-L-D-I-N-G. She said she she initially made threats uh, that she was going to cancel her game day performance after the Salvation Army. Um, she thought the Salvation Army were discriminatory against LBGTQXYMOP people. In other words, anybody that wanted to do anything other than have heterosexual sexual relations, sex with an animal, sex with a donkey, sex with a parakeet, sex with the same sex, sex with two people, all kinds of stuff. So pop singer Ellie Goulding said, you know, I I am not going to, um, because this has to do with the Salvation Army. It's a kickoff of their uh, fundraiser, Red Kettle campaign, you know. They advertise it during this game. She said, I'm not going to have anything to do with Salvation Army, so either... The Salvation Army, uh, you know, she's trying to extort money from the Salvation Army. Either they give a lot of money to LGBTQXYMGOMP, or I am out of here. I thought, you know something, if I was one of those guys running that show, I wouldn't even have given her the time of day. I just sent, ripped her contract up, and I just got a local high school student that could knock the Star Spangled Banner out. I'd just tell that guy to go to hell, why don't you? Well, unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately and unfortunately, Chick-fil-A, well, first of all, the Salvation Army, um, they, they started saying, hey, we, we, I don't know who spread some rumor on the Internet. We, we just serve people. We help people, right? It's kind of like the trauma intervention program I run. We help people. They don't have to have all their legs, their hands, their, their brain. They can be addicts, they can be convicts, they can be parolees, they could, they could, uh, 
run around naked in the middle of the night. We don't, we just help people. Right. And, uh, so uh, this, this, a uh, golden created a big old stink and, uh, the Salvation Army came out smelling like a rose because they just help broken people. And uh, now this Golding is backing down from her threats to cancel the game. But now there's also an issue with Chick-fil-A, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, because then some of their commitments or, for instance, if you if now in this country, if you're for heterosexual uh, marriage, that means you're homophobic and racist. Racist is a word now that we just it's a curse word that we call everybody that we don't agree with on any topic. It has nothing to do with ethnicity, right? So, um, so that's that. Um, I want to mention before I go on to this next deal, I was going to talk about PBS, you know, PBS public, uh, broadcasting. And uh, it's such a ripoff because we have thousands of radio stations, right? AM, FM. And they're all run uh, primarily by uh, most of most all of them in a high 90 percentile are just businesses that are managed by good folks. And um, they pay the pay the employees and, you know, they sell advertising. That's how they make their money. But PBS, uh, they are they are not uh, even handed. And it's just crazy that the federal government somehow got hoodwinked into funding rate of radio programs. And somehow these things are uh, sanctified by God, this PBS, and no one can touch it because it's it's the best thing. So uh, anyway, uh, well, let me back up here. Let me finish this. I got sidetracked here. Uh, so anyway, this lady decided she was going to throw a big fit and, uh, and she, she threw it and everybody freaked out and the Salvation Army said, Hey, uh, we, we don't discriminate at all. Then she backed up and said, Oh, maybe I made a mistake. And so now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and sing. And then later on, I'll talk about Chick-fil-A who now is embroiled in the same type of situation. So let me talk about PBS uh, uh, for a minute because um, PBS is one of those things like the National Education Association and um, funding the arts, the national, so the, the I can't remember what the name of it is now. The uh, It's a funding system where the government gives uh, – money for the arts instead of the arts just being funded by private individuals like if you want to fund the theater or you want to fund uh philanthropic or, or a philharmonic orchestra or whatever you have a um, all kinds of cultural events you can fund them get private donations right and uh, but pbs uh is a very liberal organization and they uh a very slanted news organization. So it's interesting. It's, you know, people say, well, Trump has divided the United States. Actually, the United States was severely divided. All Trump did is come in and just point it out. Right. 
he pointed out that the media is completely uh, in the in the uh, pocket of the of the liberals. Uh, that Hollywood is in the pocket of liberals, and there's such a thing as a deep state, which is this massive government bureaucracy that both parties, Republican and Democrat, have helped create. But the deep state is basically running the government now in spite of politicians. And they will sabotage uh, you if you don't agree with them on any particular policy or whatever. They will sabotage you. And so... uh, so, you know, I'm sure years ago, of us, us folks that are older have wondered, how is this government going to get to be censoring people because there's all these prophecies about the government uh, having a one-world government and censoring people and Big Brother and all that kind of stuff. How's that going to happen? I'm going to tell you how it's going to happen right now. Uh, the, uh, the media simply talks about stuff that's not true and donald trump calls it fake news they just make up stories it's like a tale t-a-l-e not t-a-i-l tale it's a fable it's not true they just make up stories and they make up stories to make the make the conservative people look bad and they make up stories to make liberal people look good so when Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, right before that, they said they, when it began to look like he was really going to be competitive towards Clinton, a lot of people went on the air and told all the doom and gloom if, perchance, if a miracle occurred and uh, Trump became president, all the negative things that could happen. One of the negative things was, they predicted, was that the stock market would literally crash. Well, anybody that's got any money in the stock market, whether you have mutual investments or retirement or whatever, they're hoping that would scare the hell out of people, and they wouldn't want to risk their money, even if they like Trump. So, But since Trump was elected, the stock market has gone completely off the top end of the charts. And it just keeps going up, 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 up. And every time uh, it goes up or down, the, you know, every day the news gives you the, the Dow Jones industrials and, and all these, uh, the S&P index and all those kind of things. And they tell you, hey, uh, economy, things are up, things are down, things are down a little bit, things are down a lot. Well, they really love to say when things are bad, like, oh, it lost 300 points. And then they say... Oh, yeah, 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 it went up, it went up. Let's go on. Let's nothing to see here. Well, the Dow just went over 28, the number of 28,000 for the first time in the history of the world. ABC, CBS, and NBC never even covered it. Not one second. PBS spent 23 seconds to talk about the Dow breaking a world record. Now, let's see. If that record... If he would have dropped 4,000 points, they would have, they would have condemned Trump and it was all his fault, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But since it was amazingly good news, who's it good news to? It's good news to small-time Americans, everyday Americans that are working hard and got money set aside in a little retirement or in stocks and bonds trying to make a little extra money for their retirement that aren't guaranteed by the public sector. And so uh, PBS uh, 
gave it 23 seconds. So it says here that the liberal media are terrified of the truth, especially when it leads to uncomfortable questions about their own leftist worldview. And uh, it's just sad. PBS NewsHour, that, that's how biased they are. They just don't, they just say, oh, we don't want to even bring that up. That's too much good news. So uh, that's just, that's just how it shakes down. Um, let's see. Oh, I, you know, I got a few minutes here. I'm going to, I, I uh, was having lunch with a friend of mine today and she, as we walked out, she said, Hey, uh, I got a new car. I bought a Tesla. I don't, you've heard of Tesla, right? And I have never seen one nor been inside one. She's, and I was parked just a short distance away, but she said, let me just get in and I'm going to show you how to start it and show you what all the instruments are instruments are and how it works. And you can listen to it. And so it was pretty cool. I'd never been at a Tesla. And, um, so the, the really odd thing for me, and I almost got run over up in uh, Shanghai, uh, one day because they have electric scooters. A lot of people run scooters over there, but scooters normally are f- run by gas, but they have electric scooters there. And uh, if you're not paying attention, the only thing you can hear is the roll of the tire on the asphalt. There's no motor. It just, there's no motor. It's just, you just hear the sound of the environment. So if you're not looking both ways, you can't go by your ears anymore. And so when she started the car and drove me over to my car, just to let me hear how the, the thing sounded, turning off the radio and everything, it was amazing. And, uh, the other thing that it was is I, I, she said, Lou, this thing is very powerful and very fast off the, off the line. And, uh, that, that was another thing that surprised me, the type of power that the only thing, the downside for me is that they, they don't hold the electrical charge very long. And, uh, and you have to stop and you have to go do something because it doesn't charge up in 15 minutes. It's like my phone, right? My phone didn't charge up in 10 or 15 minutes. It takes a while if, if it goes all the way down. So uh, on a trip to Tahoe, you might have to charge it up a time or two to go up to Tahoe from here. But it was in a, she said, this thing, this car will fly. It's very fast. And uh, anyways, an interesting thing. So if you haven't seen one of those cars, you might check it out. I don't know whether you should buy one or not. I don't think I will. But uh, it was an interesting experience. So uh so much, so much for that. Um, I want to mention uh, Monty Hecker, uh, who supports this program with Elite Universal Security. And uh, I, I'll probably carry this over after the break. But uh, it's very important right now in the, uh, the state of California that you uh, sign a petition to recall the governor. That's just the first step. It's not going to solve all our problems. But it's really important that that gets done, and um, you can. And I darn it, I I can't find. I got to I got to look up the uh, the connect to uh, tell you which website to go on to sign the petition if you don't want to go to Monty's place if you're particularly if you're from out of the area. So um, you can reach him at five three zero seven four nine. 0280 and he's at 5548 Feather River Boulevard 
and you can go out there 24 hours a day, any day of the week, to sign that petition. Very simple. And if you aren't registered to vote, he can register you or they can register you at the same time you're signing the petition. We need to get 1.5 million good signatures. That means they got to be veg- registered voters and they got to be able to be- read your signature and they need to be able to know that that's really you. You need to sign it the way you're registered. So um, let me see if I can just find uh, this. Th- there's a website that I wanted to refer you to, but it, I didn't pull it over here correctly. And uh, here we go. Maybe I can. it'll pop up here. So anyway, uh, if you can do something beyond signing, that would be great as well. So you could... Um, Doggone, where did it go? Oh, I think it's down here. Here it is. Oh, that's wrong. I'll have to look it up. I'll give it to you in a minute. I just said I need to give you an updated site. So um, anyway, if you could uh, take a petition from Monty's place uh, in uh, Linda or Oliver's, just south of Marysville, if you could take a petition, take it to your neighborhood, take it to your neighbors, and ask them if they're registered to vote, and say fill up the petition if everybody filled up three or four you know names on a petition uh we could really get this thing going listen we can't change things in the state of california unless we uh unless we do something to make a change we just got to do this and we gotta we gotta work at it and get it on so uh i'll get back to you after the break i thought i had it in here right but there's a website that i want you to go to and i'll look it up and and connect it hey i want to mention and before we have to the break we're at the halfway point of the show uh there's a great play and each each year uh they do two plays a year out at church of glad tidings it's a create the creative light theater it's all local people from all over the community that put together these plays a lot of them are original plays the script is original the music's original uh Everything's done. Uh, they're all volunteers do this, and so and it's a family atmosphere. You can bring your kids. There's refreshments at the intermission. So this year it's called Mary Mary, and it's the Christmas uh, uh, focus uh, where they're going to talk about uh, the the state of Israel in the year zero 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 zero, right? And uh, they're going to explore the life of Mary, Jesus' mother, just an average teenage girl that lives in the town of Nazareth, born uh, uh, to Jewish parents. And she has uh, brothers and sisters, just like you, friends, extended family, responsibilities, has a dreams for the future, and uh, something happens to her. And this event set her apart. Uh, and challenged her, and she had a choice to reject the opportunity or accept it. She accepted it, and she put all other things aside, said yes to God's call, and it all hell break, broke loose. So I'm wondering if some of you have been following Jesus, and you accepted, a, you, you're pretty sure what you should do with your life, and you accepted that, and you made a decision, and all hell broke loose. That would be the devil. And uh, so uh, all hell broke loose in her life. But the, the cool thing is a miracle happened for all of us. And um, so it talks about 
coming to the play and, and, and really getting an understanding that maybe you, if you read the story in the Bible, you wouldn't get the same power and uh, provocative experience that it was to be her. And so you can tap into that experience and her obstacles, the things she overcame, her triumph as she chose obedience to heaven's call. So you can go out there. It's free. Uh, I think they take an offering to cover some of the costs of the play, but you don't have to participate. If you're short on money, don't worry about it. Just go out there, and it's going to be every night from December 6th through the 10th uh, at 7 o'clock at night, okay? December 6th through the 10th, it's 1179 Eager Road or Highway 99 at Eager Road, however you want to look at it. And you can just get in there, and I'd get in there a little early to get seat right in front where it's really easy and uh there's plenty of parking and it's building 100 it's right by the skate park out there at the campus so i'm gonna take a break and uh have a swig of tea and then we're gonna come right back and let's see uh these are five stories the media was afraid to tell you about this week they just censor everything and and you you think oh i did how did i i wonder how i missed that because they didn't tell you I remember, don't worry How could I ever forget It's the first time And the last time we ever met But I know the reason Why you keep your silence up No, you don't fool me Cause the hurt doesn't show what the mainstream media was afraid to tell you about the news this week. This week, while the mainstream media obsessed over Kellyanne Conway's marriage, which is none of their business, here are the things that happened that really matter. The newly elected San Francisco district attorney is the son of domestic terrorists. Chase Bowden is his name. He is the son of Kathy Bowden and David Gilbert, both weather underground terrorists who were convicted of murder. Chase Bowden was then raised after his parents went to prison by Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn also domestic terrorists. What's even worse? While Bowden softly rejects his parents' terrorism, which is good, he seemingly adheres to the radical leftist ideology that motivated his parents, because he's promised that in San Francisco, while he is district attorney, quote, crimes such as public camping, offering or soliciting sex, public urination, blocking a sidewalk, etc., should not and will not be prosecuted, end quote. But did the mainstream media report this? Did the mainstream media report that not prosecuting these crimes and others are what led to 10,000 homeless people living in the streets of San Francisco, to car break-ins every 20 minutes, and public urination and defecation so widespread, there are apps on your phone to track the public piles of poop. Nope, the mainstream media didn't say a word about it. Nine-month-old baby girl Tinsley Lewis is set to be removed from life support in a Texas hospital on November 22nd against the wishes of her mother and family. The hospital invoked a Texas law called the 10-day rule, which allows them to terminate life support without the permission of the family. This little girl was born with incurable diseases, and the hospital claims that because her life comes with suffering, it's not worth living, and so they want to leave her to die. But did the mainstream media report on this gross violation of basic human rights? Nope. The mainstream media and the Democrats who claim that they care about babies outside the womb are silent. President Obama admitted that DACA was unconstitutional before he signed the order. 
before it, on three different occasions, he admitted that he couldn't do it by himself. He couldn't bypass Congress. He could not unilaterally declare amnesty. And yet, he did it anyway. But did the mainstream media mention that critical fact during their coverage of the Supreme Court DACA arguments this week? No, no. The mainstream media is in the pocket of the left, and the left wants the Supreme Court to legislate from the bench so the Democrats in Congress don't have to compromise with Republicans in Congress. Three witnesses have appeared before Congress so far in Adam Schiff's impeachment hearings, George Kent, Bill Taylor, and Marie Yovanovitch. None of the three had any firsthand knowledge of President Trump's phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky. Nobody was on the call. Nobody talked to Trump about it. Nobody had any firsthand knowledge of why the aid was temporarily suspended. But did the mainstream media report these pretty important facts? Nope. The mainstream media ignored the truth. The executive director of CARE, Nihad Awad, who once said, quote, I support the Hamas movement, proclaimed that he wants to elect 30 of his Muslim associates to Congress in the next years. Again, this is a man who supports Hamas, who founded the Council on American-Islamic Relations, called CARE. CARE is an unindicted co-conspirator in the largest terror financing prosecution in U.S. history. The FBI cut ties with CARE because of their ties to terror. But did the mainstream media report on this? Nope, the mainstream media didn't say a word. The mainstream media doesn't care to report any of that to you, so we will. And that is my final point. I was talking about recalling Gavin Newsom and uh, going out to uh, Monty Heckers, but that's only at Lee Universal Security. But that only works if you're in Yuba Sutter area and uh, it's convenient for you. So you may be listening. You may be a few counties away. That's not good, right? So you can go to R-A-N-A-F, R-A-N-A-F.org. And you can download petitions. you got to make sure to do everything exactly right. Download the petition on a certain size paper, ranaf.org. If you have any confusion, you could call Monty at 530-749-0280 at Elite Universal Security. Monty Hecker. Monty's done a great service for the community here, both when we tried to repeal the SB1 road tax with uh, Prop was prop six and uh, now this so uh, so connect with him he also uh, Monty supports this show which I'm very grateful for it's a great help and uh, there's times in the community here because of the lack of law enforcement it's not because they don't have a will it's because they aren't allowed to enforce the laws anymore because of the politicians and uh, so people are uh, vandalizing stealing stealing lots of things that are cheap items cheap items being less than nine hundred and fifty dollars uh, then it's only a misdemeanor because of the new laws they're totally stripping and stealing the store blind as they say and uh, Monty has been able to step in and keep people from trashing uh, in fact I, I noticed behind my house here homeless people hang out I call it Camp Popeye they clean it up 
the people come in and clean the place up. We painted out the graffiti the other day. Now they're back. They're throwing garbage back there. Uh, it's just a mess. It, it, what what it's called is anarchy, or people are unruly, uh, and they don't have any respect for anyone else in the community, and they just trash places. Elite Universal Security is in the business of providing security uh, for you and your property. And so uh, they are operating all the way from Lathrop, which is below Sacramento, all the way up into Oregon, Southern Oregon. So if you're looking, if you'd like to get a job and you'd like to get a career uh, and you may even want to go into law enforcement, but you might want to start as a as a, a uh, security guard. I've met many security guards, say, at Adventist Hospital, just a couple blocks from me in Marysville, that later on were doing police work for one of the local agencies. So it's great work. It's redemptive work. It's helpful work. It's helping people prevent crime. Um, and so you can call them at the, uh, the number there, 530-749-0280, or you can go online at api-academy.com. That gives you a way to connect with them, the classes they do. They do classes here in Yuba County as well as online. Uh, they will teach you everything you need to know. Uh, they do everything from handcuffing classes, pepper spray, taser, de-escalation of force, annual security guard training. Uh, let me see what else they got going on. Guard exposed in CCW, concealed weapon permit firearms training. They do that. They're going to do it several times here in November. I'll give you some dates, but you, if you forget everything, just call over there at that number. Uh, they're, they're doing training on November 10th, November 23rd, and November 24th uh, for training with weapons. As they're, and they're also doing taser, a taser class and pepper spray, pepper spray class, December 7th. Um, they need at least three people for that pepper spray and taser class. So check them out. They're a great help here. I couldn't do it without some of these people uh, helping me. At least they make it a lot, lot easier. Uh, I also want to mention quickly uh, my friend Ted Holmes with Plumbing Doctor. Ted has always been good to help me with my plumbing problems, and everybody has them, right? It seems like it's just part of life. If you want indoor plumbing, it in, you end up having plumbing problems, and we need to keep the water going the right direction. And uh, so the other thing is that they also do underground work. If you need to connect out in the street or you're trying to get stuff, water out of, out of your house and out to the drain in the street or into your house from the supply of water, they can help you with all that kind of stuff and hot water heaters, all kinds of cool stuff. They'll help you figure out how to cut down your water use, cut down the, the amount you're using of gas or electricity on the, the hot water heater. Might save you a lot of money. Might pay for the unit itself. So Plumbing Doctor, 530-671-9111. 530-671-9111. Now, the interesting thing to me is that... Um, there is a movement in the U.S. to eliminate, change, and eliminate portions of our Constitution. And there's been a real effort to eliminate free speech, and num number two, to eliminate uh, the use of weapons, our right to possess weapons. 
the founding fathers very simply uh, felt that weapon possession was a great necessity, not to protect yourself, not to kill a deer or eat, kill a turkey, but to shoot the government. And they, they felt that the government, as it grew bigger, would eventually try to take away our liberties, take away our businesses, take away our freedom. And at that time, we needed to shoot somebody. And whether you not have a concealed weapon permit or not. So we, they, they, they didn't uh, hint around at it. They said it very specifically. When the government fails to be responsive to the people, then the reason we were armed is to shoot somebody and to go take the government back and get it back the way, the way it used to be. Now, why would they feel that? That's be, the reason they felt that way is because the British uh, were ruling over the 13 colonies from all the way across the Atlantic, which doesn't seem too far today because you can Viber, you can, you can use all the apps, you can uh, Facebook, you can Skype, you can do all these things. But back in those days, it took months to get across that that uh atlantic ocean and so uh people did not like to be ruled from afar and they had no representation but what really got uh, scary is when the military came in and they uh, forced themselves into people's homes to live in them and also they began to confiscate the weapons and the founding fathers realized really quick that without weapons, uh, you have no chance to defend yourself or uh, insist upon your rights. So right now in Hong Kong, uh, in Hong Kong, there. Uh, sorry, I'm just uh, I'm looking up something here for you. There are thousands of people protesting the taking away of their rights. And the unfortunate thing is the only people with guns over there are the police. And so the police, they, they've shot a few people. They shot a canister. They, they've actually shot people, but they haven't. No one's died from getting shot so far. But a guy died falling one story after a canister of tear gas was shot to break up a crowd. But there's thousands of people rioting, protesting in Hong Kong for the for the rights and the privileges and the freedoms that you and I have today and we take for granted. And in fact, a large, there's a large group in the country right now that are trying to surrender all those rights. In other words, in Hong Kong, they're flying the American flag, the protesters singing our national anthem and singing, uh, sing the sing hallelujah to the Lord, which is a Christian song. And that is their their approach. They want freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and the freedoms that America once had. And we have a bunch of people that are communists here that want to give all that stuff up. And when I talk to people in Vietnam about that, they just laugh hysterically because they live under a very oppressive regime. Now, uh, I saw this listed, and, and I thought it was—I always think these are great because m most people today are ignorant. The school systems are crummy, and it's not that they're just uh, flaky or that they're ba all bad teachers, but they, the curriculum has been gutted, and, and the, the qualities that may, make America great have been removed or lied about. 
and the qualities that have made communism really ugly have been removed or lied about. So I just want to make, state this for the record. And it says, after they took their guns away, Castro, that means Fidel Castro of Cuba, murdered 100,000 unarmed citizens. Hitler, after he took the guns away, murdered 6 million unarmed citizens. Joseph Stalin of the Soviet Union, what used to be called the Soviet Union, murdered 50 million unarmed citizens. I can't even imagine. 50 million. It's just it's just shocking number. I mean, I don't even know who was in charge of burying all those people. Mao Zedong, who was the founder of the communist state of China in 1949, murdered 60 million unarmed citizen isn't that just sad that's just the 110 116 million 100,000 116 million 100,000 people all because somebody wanted socialism or communism really a big funky tragedy right there makes me sad to even talk about it but that's just the way the way it is um all right let me get back over here and uh, to my list and see if I can get back on track for a, for a get-go here. Um, I wanted to mention uh, there is a purge going on in the United States against anything conservative, against uh, freedom of thought, against uh, Christianity, specifically against Christianity, not against all religions, but specifically against Christianity. And uh, I'm trying to look for an article. And I, I'm having trouble finding it here. Doggone. Oh, here it is. So th this really hit home to me because I've had the government, when I work for Church of Glad Tidings, I've had the government come out and harass us at the church. I've had law enforcement harass us for no reason. I've had the uh, state government harass us uh, because we were doing too much good things, and uh, they took us to court. We had to hire an attorney. We won. So uh, there's a group that a friend of mine, Brad Dacus, D-A-C-U-S, started Pacific Justice Institute. And uh, that Brad Dacus used to work for um, when he came out of college and he was a young attorney, he worked for a senator from Texas by the name of Phil Graham. And then after working for Phil, he started his own um, law firm that would defend people's rights, a nonprofit that would defend people's constitutional rights and religious rights. And so he has a number of attorneys working for him around the country. They were operating, it seemed like out of Sacramento, but somewhere in California now. But recently, uh, the state of California raided and put the kibosh on a Christian boarding school. And there's a number of these around. They're Christian-focused boarding schools where they take troubled teens that aren't doing well where they are, and they house them and feed them and care for them and provide them an education, hopefully kind of a finishing school, helping them overcome some of their bitterness and hurt, and uh, maybe they were on drugs or whatever. So he, 
Brad Dacus, the president of Pacific Justice Institute, did a news release. It said a Christian boarding school in Northern California won a reprieve in court today against the state of California's ideologically driven efforts to shut it down. The dispute centers on the state's unilaterally relabeling of the school as a community care facility. That label would force the school into heavy regulation by the state's Department of Social Services, including mandates that would violate the school's religious mission, right? They can't worship or something like that, right? Over the weekend, Judge Tamara Woods of Shasta County Superior Court issued a tentative ruling denying the state's motion for preliminary injunction in which the state sought to force the school's closure. The judge expressed concern with the First Amendment implications of the first uh, of the state's demands. Following oral arguments this week, the judge adopted her tentative ruling in favor of the school. The school and related entities are being jointly represented by Pacific Justice Institute and Insurance Defense Council. Uh, The school is at the at the center of this case is Riverview Christian Academy up in the Reading area. The school is located in rural Shasta County in Northern California, operated as a ministry of teen rescue, a religious nonprofit. Now, the the government hates these things because they're very successful and uh, the government does. They hate Jesus. And it doesn't surprise me because the Bible is very clear that people will hate you when you do good things in Jesus name. So in January this year, the school was raided. This is a full-blown, like a like a narcotics raid on a place. The raid, which ter- terrified the students and staff, consisted of 16 armed law enforcement from the California Highway Patrol. 16. These are kids. Two canine units. 17 social workers. These people are Nazis. The state later admitted the raid was prompted by an inter- internet rumor. The police going off an internet rumor. How disgusting and embarrassing. Internet rumor put forward, forward by an online tabloid. The state was duped into thinking the school housed illegal drugs, stockpile weapons, and was preparing for an end-time apocalypse. Yet the Waco-style raid turned up no evidence whatsoever. This is just good Christian people trying to help really hurting kids out, and the state is just going ape shit over it. Instead of retreating from its dangerous blunder, the state doubled down like the state of California always does because of their ego and arrogance and began imposing daily fines against the school for allegedly operating as an unlicensed community care facility. Now, I could tell a story about Glad Tidings here in Yuba City about this. Similar thing. They tried to call us a uh, family, family, foster family agency because we were taking in babies that were born in prison and mom didn't have anywhere to go, and we were providing formula. You, you, damn it. You can't give kids formula. You can't donate formula and diapers to kids. Only the government can do that. Honestly, I, I, these women came in my office. I wanted to jack slap both of them and throw them out, strip them and throw them out in the street. They were such idiots. Graduates of our college system, both idiots. This, they were just little Nazis. They couldn't think for a second for themselves. They were, all, they were all robots. They were just little fleshly robots coming into my office and trying to tell me something stupid. 
Dacus says this is in spite of the fact that the state has confirmed three times in 10 years that this school is operating illegally as a school. The school has actually operated as a private school for the past 25 years, filing an annual affidavit with the California Department of Education, as do other private schools and home schools in the state. The state now insists, we've got a moving target, that the school is an illegal, unlicensed community care facility. The school has never thought of itself as a facility like this, which would involve entirely different regulations in a school. Licensing is more than just an administrative headache. It would require the Christian school to relinquish its moral standards. Yeah, you got to let people screw goats and stuff up there and have sex with each other and all that kind of stuff. Normal stuff like like the state of California endorses. For instance, the state requires licensed facilities allow students to have the right to engage in spiritual and sexual exploration, which contradicts the goals of many parents who enroll their kids at RVCA. You see what I'm talking about? We got to we got to let a transvestite in there and have them like grab you in the in the nuts. Teen Rescue was found founded in 1989 and launched uh, and by a guy named Phil Ludwig and launched the school in 1993. A wildfire of all things destroyed its entire campus in Southern California, so it moved up to its present 250-acre location in rural Northern California. The campus got uh, includes dorms, classrooms, cafeteria, da da da, all the stuff that a school would have. This. You wouldn't it be wonderful if the state of California wouldn't feature this school and tell what a wonderful thing it is and thank God for our multiculturalism and our tolerance to allow all things to go on as long as they're providing a good, wholesome atmosphere. But instead, they send like 30 or 40 government employees in to scare the hell out of everybody, harass everybody, and cost everybody a fortune and take the money that should be used for troubled kids and then the government doesn't do anything about people that are homeless and kids that are homeless. But kids that are housed and clean and fed and learning their studies and figuring out how to get over some past trauma, oh, we're going to go up and just jerk these people around. You know something? One of these days, I'm, I, I hope I'm alive when God just smites this state and just kicks rear in this place. This This evil, it's... You know, this isn't like different opinion. Oh, you have a different political persuasion. You know, this is all about evil. It's evil what these people did to these folks up here in Reading. And thank God for Brad Dacus. If you want to go to, you can go to their website, pji.org. They run on donations. Go over, if you got some money and you want to help, these guys are defending people all over the United States. And a lot of it's pro bono, or like my Mexican buddies say, sunny bono. Uh, it's free, in other words, a lot to a lot of people. So donate to them, pji.org, uh, Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. They would appreciate your help. They are solid gold, these folks. All right, uh, we're going to take a break right now. Let's see. Um, where are we? Um, oh, we're, I'm going to do a couple of clips now on the climate change. Check it out. You'll love it. All right. Hold on here. We'll be right back.
There is, as our chairman pointed out in his introductory remarks earlier, a question without which, if you don't answer this, there is no rational basis whatsoever for taking any action whatsoever to make global warming go away. And that question that they have never answered is this one. What is the ideal global mean surface temperature? Has any of you seen in any of the prolix, inspissate, tedious reports of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change any estimate of what the ideal global mean surface temperature is? I do not see any hands. Has anyone ever seen any estimate in any scientific paper or from any even of the various pressure groups of what the ideal global temperature is? I still see no hands. And that tells you all that you need to know about whether this subject is an economic subject and a scientific subject where it is necessary for us to act or whether it is a purely political subject in which the totalitarian faction has seized upon it to try to make us feel guilty and to end up destroying Western freedom, prosperity and independence. That's what this is all about. Because if you don't answer that question, there is no rational basis for action. It's Thanksgiving season. Let's look at 10 facts climate alarmists don't want us to be grateful for. You won't see this on CNN. Number nine, rising life expectancy. In 1950, global life expectancy was 48 years. By 2015, life expectancy increased to 71.4 years. Many climate activists claim higher temperatures lead to increasing deaths from malaria. Malaria deaths are down 62%. Living longer, healthier lives is another climate boon we can be thankful for. We talked about last week, we talked about the uh, Sutter and Yuba County are taking another shot at passing ordinances to just get back to normal, where people would just follow the law and uh, quit pooping and peeing and shooting drugs and socking people and stealing their stuff and uh, ripping people off, vandalizing, right, and get the cops and sheriff's deputies back enforcing the law, right? That's what they're doing. And so uh, I wrote an article that should be posted with this, uh, and, and I wrote a little bit about it last week. It's at the, it's at the website. They'll be at the website at uh, territorialdispatch.com. Uh, sorry, .biz, B-I-Z, territorialdispatch. Well, you can get the articles at territorialdispatch.biz, or you can get everything at... Uh, Articles and podcast at nohostagesradio.com. So anyway, I, I wrote about this situation. This uh, what, what we have, you know, euphemisms are trying to say something without saying the truth about it, right? If a person dies, 
instead of saying he's dead or he died, we say, well, he, we lost him or he passed away. Uh, we call abortion, where they rip apart a child or poison him to death, we call it Planned Parenthood, right? Um, so we, we have all these various euphemisms that we use to not describe what we really want to describe. And so instead of, instead of saying, because we can't talk uh, plainly or in truth because we're now, so many people have are in the bondage and chaos of being politically correct. So we can't say things as they are. At least a lot of people can't. They get their feelings hurt, and uh, and they they are living a lie. So if you live a lie, you just got to keep telling. You know, if you start telling lies, then you got to keep track of all the lies you're telling, so you you can so you keep covering for your lies. And uh, so the whole concept of people that are homeless, that the only problem people that are homeless have is they don't have a home. But when you really think about it, having a home is the conclusion or the fruit of making lots of right decisions in your life. It's some of it's making choices like deferred gratification. Like you don't spend all your money today because you want to set it aside because you got a bill tomorrow or next week or two weeks when you get paid, right? You got rents coming up, PG&E bills coming up, water bills coming up, insurance is coming up, car payments coming up. So ending up in the river bottoms is a consequence of a lot of bad decisions. And uh, please don't be under the impression well it's just it was just a big tragedy that happened they were they were one they were right in the middle of, of operating on somebody they were a high-priced doctor and then the next day they were in the river bottoms or they were a great attorney and the next day they were in the river bottoms or they were a real estate guy and the next day they're in the river bottoms no nope. they usually got on drugs and alcohol and then they ended up losing everything and they ended or ripped somebody off and then they ended up in the river bottoms through a series of losses so the the term homelessness is a euphemism what we have in the river bottoms are addicts and alcoholics are a hundred percent of them that nope there's some puppies down there too and there's some cats but almost everything say well what about the mentally ill actually if you get them sobered up and start feeding them right and they get up and work instead of just focusing on their navel all the time, a lot of them aren't mentally ill. And we diagnose a lot of people as mentally ill because it actually helps us who are in the mentally ill business because they're our clients, and it keeps us in business. And the fact is a lot of mentally ill people are demon-possessed. But because psychiatrists and psychologists don't have the balls to call it like it is, and they don't have any checkbox uh, to acknowledge the demonic world. We just all live a lie, right? We just live a lie. Even though the guy has no pants on, we say, oh, he's fully clothed. Oh, he's fully clothed. Oh, I don't see, yeah, I don't see any nakedness to me. We just all live a lie. We call black white and white black. It's just crazy. So anyway, um, we've been working on these new ordinances, and uh, I wrote an article 
and it'll come out, let's see, this coming week, and uh, it'll be in the territorialdispatch.biz, or it'll be on the nohostageradio.com, and it talks about the fact that there's no reason why we have to have all these alcoholics and addicts because we're the adults in the community should be running the show and people shouldn't be allowed to just go out and trash the community and go nuts that we wouldn't allow our children to do that that would be the definition of hating our kids loving our kids is disciplining our kids and bring them under control when people violate the law we have an obligation in our community for a lot of reasons to enforce a law that will bring people into check and hopefully then deal with the perpetrator and rehabilitate them, whether it's in a drug rehab or mental uh, mental facility. Or just maybe they don't need a drug rehab, but they need a values overhaul. And that would happen in jail and other type of rehabilitation efforts. And my point in my article is we have met, like in the food industry, uh, we have mastered how to deliver food to people. Back in the old days, if you didn't cook at home, you could go to a restaurant and you entered a building and they cooked and they put food on your table. But then some people wanted that restaurant food and they couldn't get there. So then the restaurant did what we call takeout, right? And that was cool. And then the restaurant came up with an idea through food entrepreneurs they come up with the idea of we're going to bring it to your door right and then if you really liked the food and you wanted a lot of the food for an event they would cater it and then restaurants said well what about the people who just are really in a hurry could they just not even get out of their car they could just drive by and we would throw a taco through their window. They call it a drive-by or a drive-through. We have all these ways and actually now we deliver meals routinely. Even if you don't order it, you just order it to come like so many meals every once in a while. You, they're frozen. They come or they're fresh. They come in the mail. And you can get food that way. Now, it's interesting that we can do all of that with food, but with addicts and alcoholics, we just are totally perplexed. People come to the ER, and they just give them a little treatment, and they let them go. They don't even address holistically the problems of the person and get them into a rehab right then. Like they'll say to people, you got to get into a rehab. Well, rehabs won't take you unless a lot of them, unless you have a physical and unless you get a TB test. But all of a sudden we go from an addict who is out of his mind to all of a sudden he's a normal middle class citizen who can run around and make all these plans, get insurance, make an appointment, go here, go there, do this, do that, wait for two days, go back and see if the TB test is all right. Why couldn't we just do a one stop if if if. O overdosing on opiates and opiate addiction and methamphetamine addiction is such a serious problem. If people come in or have contact with the medical world, why don't we immediately get them into a rehab? Just immediately get them in, hold them right there, treat them, 
give them or when they're getting out of jail, treat them, uh, get them on, even though they haven't used opiates in a long time, put them on Suboxone or put them on another product that would make them sick, sick if they used it, used opiates and prevented them from getting an overdose. Oh, well, yeah, it's just it's just substituting one thing for another. Well, yeah, let's just let them go to hell then and shoot heroin and die. And you pick them up and you pay for their burial. There's a way to solve these things, but people just have everybody's thinking their opinion is of some value because they watch some TV program or something or or they or they have some they come up with some conclusion. The fact is we can we can stop the death from opiate overdoses and we could get people to stop using heroin and at least get on some of the type of medication and I go back to being a firefighter or a cop or a judge or an attorney or a dentist or a doctor instead of belly flopping and losing their family, losing their career, losing everything, everything, everything. So the other day I was talking to a, a very successful woman, a counselor, and uh, nationally renowned author and counselor came to my house to meet with me. And she said she never was not familiar with this community. She said, oh, do you have a big problem with homelessness down there? I said, we have a huge problem. She was shocked. She said, what are you going to do about it? My God. I said, well, uh, it'd be easy to solve, but the people at the top uh, – aren't very smart and uh, they're always trying to look out for themselves rather than broken people. And I said, we don't worry about, like I said, are you worried about all the people who graduated from high school this year, what they're going to do with their lives or all the babies born? What, how are we going to take care of them all in a free society? We give people options. And then if they've, they don't take any of those options and they want to violate the community standards, we usually arrest them. And then maybe get them into some sort of rehabilitative type help to have them not do that no more. But all of a sudden, we've lost our mind in this country, and we think we have people that are putting people up. I want you to think of this. We take an addict out of their mind. Like my friend just felt sorry for this couple and paid for them to go into a hotel room. They're out on Butte House Road. And she told me, she said, you got a call in the middle of the night from the hotel and said, I am going to charge your charge card with all kinds of charges unless you get these people out of here right now. In other words, they're destroying their room. But all our supervisors over in Sutter County just slapping each other on the back. All these brilliant ones. We're putting all these people in hotels at $1,000 a month right spending your tax money all these people are really smart over there in Sutter County there's five of them sit on that board and then they got a health official and they're just like thinking oh we're like solving the problem that's like giving the civic center BART exit uh turning it over to heroin addicts to shoot heroin as you get off BART and walk up the civic center plaza in San Francisco that solve what So there's, you can read my article about it, and uh, if you want to, at uh, nohostagesradio.com or um, territorialdispatch.biz. 
I wanted to uh, mention Dave Greenett's construction this week I, I, on Facebook because I'm connected to their construction company on Facebook. And so I see all the new jobs that they've completed, and they take photographs of them. And they actually show the floor plan before and after. So you can see, oh, this is what they lived with, the 1950s look or 60s, kind of worn out and tired after all these years. And how they just took the same space and they just used it much more efficiently. It's interesting how as time goes on, people think differently and they think of new ways to, in fact, they created this shower that I thought was cool. You just walk into it, there's there's no ledge. In other words, the floor is sloped and the, sh the water comes down, it just hits the drain, it doesn't run out into the bathroom. But there's, in other words, the floor is, smooth right from the regular floor into the shower floor it's just kind of an open area in there around the corner where the shower is some of you may have those i don't i don't i have the old style over here but i thought that is really cool right there what they did and i just get a kick out of all the new ideas innovative ideas on creating a real livable and uh, a happy place to go take a shower and uh brush your teeth and uh if you have any hair i don't have to worry about it but if you have some maybe you want to fix your hair and you can fix your hair and have a wonderful euphoric experience in this brand new bathroom and you think this is the nicest place in my house i think i'm just going to bring a sleeping bag and sleep here on the floor so if you're interested i was talking to dave green at saturday night and he was telling me he was thanking me for the fact that he got a job off off one of us talking over here, he got over a $20,000 job putting in a deck. And I said, well, Dave, you did, you know, you're doing, it's your reputation. It's doing all the work. I'm just, I'm just talking for a sandwich, you know? So, uh, but if, you know, if you're, if you own a home, it's, it's expensive to make the repairs on a home or upgrade a home. And so, uh, you certainly, it would be a real bummer if you chose the wrong person to do a remodel for you if they didn't know what they were doing or if it just turned out bad. It was a bad idea, you know, and they, they didn't know any better to tell you. So uh, you certainly want to end up with something you really love, not that you can tolerate, right? So whether it's your kitchen or your bath or your entryway or your deck, or even if you want to put in a whole house fan and cut down your utility bill, you just want things done well, not, sh you know, just hodgepodge, tack ticky tacky, messy, sloppy, and get billed incorrectly. And you don't want to have a lot of drama. I think it's difficult. Like right now in the Yuba County Jail, I do some classes over there and they're working night and day trying to remodel a part portion of the jail where inmates live to make it nicer and to make it easier in the shower areas and stuff. And it's just a mess, you know. It's just a mess when you do construction. Just all this fine dust that gets all over everywhere, and it just, it just, it's a real inconvenience. So you want somebody that can come in and do it quickly, efficiently, keep clean, keep the place clean as possible. And when it's over, you just think, whoa, this is awesome. This is totally awesome. So if you want Dave Greenitz, you can, you can hit him up, as they say. 
ring him up or hit him up. You can go to Granite's Construction, greenetzconstruction.com. Um, or you can go to Dave Greenitz Construction on Facebook. And uh, you can reach him by phone, 530-682-9602, 530-682-9602. Or you can just email him right off that site and just give him a shout out. And, and uh, you can even tell him uh, by clicking or marking different boxes what you're really interested in, kitchens, baths, whatever. But uh, you're not going to find anybody better uh, in Northern California to fix fix your house, make it like it's going to be a house where when people come over, you're going to take them and show them what what happened. They're going to say, "Whoa, who did this? What who who designed that? Who came up with those colors? What about? I never thought I'd use that tile that way. Where where'd that come from?" And uh, if you want something unique and custom, uh, call Greenest Construction. So all right. Um, it's uh, we're getting down to the last um, part of uh, our fifth segment. So, and then we've got one more segment to go. Let's see. Uh, let me talk about trauma intervention. I run this trauma intervention program last month. We did 44 responses for the 911 system, sheriff's departments, police departments, fire departments, bike County ambulance, the Adventist hospital. We go out when things are really bad and we work with citizens who are having the worst day of their entire existence. You lose a kid, everything's going to match. Everything's going to fall in below that in terms of trauma. And so we're there to provide emotional and practical support to them and also law enforcement, fire, and all the other people involved. We provide um, a lot of resources and ongoing resources, whether it's bereavement groups, links to bereavement groups, literature, what to do, how to, how to do the funeral, money, how you're going to fund this. Social Security, veterans benefits, all the details you have to sort out, how to change names, death certificates, all the details that you have to think of when somebody dies. It's very hard. It's hard when you're you're thinking straight and you're having a good day, but when you're having the worst day of your life, it's something you don't even want to do. So uh, we're run by, uh, we're a nonprofit. All, almost every cent goes right to our clients and and training emergency responders and helping our clients. So we do fundraising this time of year. If you want to help us, you can. Uh, you can reach us at uh, P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California. P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California. And just that's that's tip. And uh, I have a – there's a group on uh, donation way as well. I have it buried here in my paperwork. I'll look at the break. We're we're here at a break spot right now, so I'm going to take a break, and then I'll come back and I'll finish this up. Uh, this is a great clip by John Stossel. It's called "Are We Doomed?" And uh, then I'll be right back. We'll wrap up our last 20-minute segment for this week. environmental catastrophe bearing down on us. I keep hearing that we're killing the earth. How dare you? 
You have stolen my dreams and my childhood. But wait, I've been a consumer reporter for years. I've covered so many scares. Plague, famine, and perpetual war will kill us. We're going to run out of oil. Nuclear power will give us cancer. Killer bees swarm ever closer. Bird flu, flesh-eating bacteria. The list of terrible things that we're going to get us is long. And yet we're living longer than ever. None of those scares turned out to be as frightening as the warnings. But I'm told global warming is different. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. The alarmists have evidence that supports their fears. Temperature is rising. The UN predicts that it'll rise another two to five degrees. What do we do in the land we live on is under attack? But does that justify the fear? Climate change is not a lie, so please don't let our planet die. Does it justify this claim? We have 12 years to act. We have 12 years. We have 12 years before the effects are irreversible. Really? 12 years? It's warmed up around one degree Celsius since 1900, and life expectancy doubled the industrialized democracies. And, and yet that temperature ticks up another half a degree, and the entire system crashes. That's the most absurd belief. I recently moderated this debate on climate change at the Heartland Institute. Well, not a debate, because the alarmists who were invited didn't show. Heartland invited many. Please come over here and sit next to that place and let's have a discussion. There are a lot more people want to hear what you have to say. Climate alarmists never agree to debate. We'd love to offer you the airtime. We will give it to you. I'll give you a special phone number that goes to this phone. I invited Al Gore on my show often, but he would never come. In order to solve the climate crisis... He makes a lot of speeches, but won't respond to people who disagree. It's too bad that the alarmists won't debate because so much of what they say deserves debate. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. 12 years. Well, and in 12 years, it'll be 12 more years. David Legates is a professor of climatology at the University of Delaware. Pat Michaels is former president of the American Association of State Climatologists. Willie Soon is an astrophysicist. It's all about harm waving, it's about emotion, about sending out kids in protest. We have nothing to do with the science. This group pointed out that even if the planet warms by five degrees, humans can adjust. People in Holland did years ago. They said, we're going to adapt to the fact that we're a low-lying country and we're going to build these dikes and we're going to build these pumps. Are you telling me that the people in Miami are so dumb that they're just going to sit there and drown? You acknowledge that the water is rising. Yes, the water has been rising for approximately 20,000 years and probably will continue. But we can adapt, like Holland has, except... The alarmists say hurricanes and other storms are getting worse. It's getting stronger and stronger. The winds are getting harder and harder. No, they aren't. You can take a look at all the hurricanes that around the planet. We can see them since 1970 because we got global satellite coverage. Right. And we can measure their power. And we can add up their power. And there is no significant increase whatsoever. There is no relationship between hurricane activity and the surface temperature of the planet. The claim that hurricanes are getting worse and the 12-year deadline were two of four myths I heard the Heartland panel convincingly debunk. Myth number three was that government action today will save us. We have to act now. The Obama administration's model 
projects that the amount of global warming that would be saved for going to zero emissions tomorrow, you don't know how to do that, put you back in the, in the Stone Age, but let's just say we did it, uh, would be 14 hundredths of a degree Celsius. So no real effect on the climate, but... You'll sure have an impoverished dark country, won't you? Myth number four, the idea that carbon dioxide is carbon pollution that just does harm and threatens the food supply. There are places on Earth where it is just greening up like crazy. So if you're really concerned about the plants, more carbon dioxide makes them not just grow faster, but also makes them more water efficient. Carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, but it also helps feed the world. A lot of people pretend to know about climate, pretend to have studied it, pretend to come up with these answers, and then make these proclamations to scare you so that you'll do what we want you to do. But if what the alarmists say is not true, why would the International Panel on Climate Change, the United Nations, go along with the exaggerations? Governments like control. Most governments want to keep control, and most want governments get bigger and bigger over time. IPCC does stand for Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Carbon dioxide becomes that molecule by which we can take control of your lives, of your efforts, and everything that goes on. Are they right? It's confusing when there are so many serious people who are so worried. I wish there were a real debate. Why won't the other side debate? It's Thanksgiving season. Let's look at 10 facts climate alarmists don't want us to be grateful for. You won't see this on CNN. Giving thanks number 10, global greening. Over the last 30 years, vegetation growth has increased across the earth. Carbon dioxide is a driving factor. This greening of the earth increases crop yields. Food is more available and abundant. Plants photosynthesize carbon dioxide to provide themselves energy, promoting additional growth. And that's something we can thank you for. Uh, segment for this uh, 34th episode of No Hostages Radio. And before we broke, I was looking for the uh, donation deal. If you didn't want to send a check to TIP, Trauma Intervention, P.O. Box 645, Marysville 95901, an option to that if you don't, if you're gone uh, paperless, is you can go to GoFundMe.com backslash TIP 2020. GoFundMe, all one word, dot com, backslash tip 2020, all one word. And you can give there. Uh, why why give to tip? It's local. If you're local here, it's uh, local. And uh, all the money stays here, and it helps all your local citizens of all flavors, no matter what their situation is. We help everybody. Uh, and uh, and all the people that are involved in it are local people. You have a set of people, so you're supporting them. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people give to nonprofits and a lot of the money either doesn't get to what you think you're giving for or a huge amount goes to pay people 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600,000 dollars a year for 
be the CEO or CAO or CFO of the organization. Here, we're not paying anybody that. So um, if you want to, and also it's connected to police and fire in the hospital. If you believe in those things, like to support those things, uh, we, we take a lot of pressure off them by handling some of the more gnarly situations. And while they do the rescuing and fighting the fire or cleaning off the roadway or take cutting people out of car or doing CPR, cutting open somebody's chest up to try to save their life, we get involved in working with all the family members. So if you'd like to help us, we could use some help. And uh, we this is our 25th year. We've done over 11,000 911 calls. And um, we contribute about, in, if we look at service hours, times uh, the annual federal, what the federal government estimates is the value of a volunteer, we contribute almost a million dollars a year in public service to the Yuba-Sutter County's area. So, again, you could uh, help us at P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California, 95901. Um, or you can do the uh, electronic and just go to GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2020. Okay? So uh, we'll go on and get on to something else. I wanted to bring something up that's just fascinating to me. And let me see if I can find it on my phone here because someone sent me over the information. And um, do you remember when there was a baker that bakes pies and cakes and stuff, right? And the baker, I don't know if it was up in Oregon, doesn't matter where they are, it's in the United States. And the baker um, was asked to uh, bake a wedding cake for a homosexual couple. And he had served the homosexual community with all kinds of pastries before and served everybody. But because he happened to be a Christian and just simply didn't believe... Uh, he, he wasn't against people of same sex having a relationship. Um, but he didn't want to make a wedding cake for them. And so um, he declined and they sued him. Now, they, they could have gone to a bakery that didn't have any problem with that. And they chose not to go to a bakery that uh, was, say, a Muslim bakery that also would decline that. And it really keeps coming back, when you come to think of it, that it's a Christian thing. And people, Jesus said, people are going to hate you because of me. And so uh, there's haters out there. And so also this has happened um, with... uh, wedding venues it's happened at a t-shirt making place and uh, I'm, I'm flipping through here while I'm talking I'm looking for this I, I'm, I can't even believe I can't find this situation here I'm looking for and uh, so this t-shirt maker this wedding venue people and a couple different bakery operations have been affected where the homosexual community has taken them to court. And uh, 
and then sued them. And the, and under Obama, the government uh, continued to find them at fault and set and forced them to uh, to to pay money to the homosexual community or to these people because they decided they don't want to serve them. Uh, so have you ever had a company not serve, decide not, they don't want to do business with you or decline the contract? I was talking to Dave Greenitz, who I was just talking about earlier, his, his construction company. And he says, Lou, I get some jobs. He said, I'm very busy. So I get some jobs that I look at and I decide not to bid because I just don't want to do the job. It doesn't fit right into our perfect, you know, what, what we think is best for us. So we had, I, t I turned on the job. So people turn down jobs all the time, right? And uh, they say, oh, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to do that job, right? And we don't make a big deal about it in, in many areas, but uh, all of a sudden, if it's a Christian baker, these are all just dealing with Christians, and there's no other religious issues, right? And uh, I've been, I've had insurance companies where I've gotten in a lot of car crashes or tickets and car crashes without going into all the gory details that, that they didn't cancel my insurance, <clears throat> but they raised the price up so high that it became prohibitive to stick with them. So I switched insurance companies. Now that can also happen if you have a big claim, like a big fire or something, they could cancel you, right? It happens all the time, right? So my friend contacted me, and uh, but I can't find it on my phone. It's crazy. I'm losing my mind today. But I can quote it to you. Uh, they have a, uh, a group that, that uh, promotes candidates, the Constitutional Republicans, and they, uh, they are not the local Republican Central Committee, but they're just a group of people that organized, and they interview candidates, and they help people get literature and signs and all those kind of things. They call themselves the constitutional Republicans. And, uh, at one time, uh, and so they rent a building and they have a place where you can come and get information about candidates. And, and they even have some forums there and interview people and that kind of thing. So in order to have a building like that, you usually have to have a liability insurance, right? Uh, usually the landlord, who may rent it to you for one or two or three months because it's political. They want you to carry a basic policy for liability. Makes sense, right? And so they carried this policy with State Farm, the local State Farm agent here in Yuba Sutter, one of them. There's many of them. And uh, so, but this same group uh, also did uh, a talk show at one time on KMYC, like I used to do a talk show. And they did that for a while, and then they quit. And then they now do a little talk thing that they record, and they live stream on Facebook. So the State Farm learned that they were um, some of the same people, even though it's not necessarily the Constitutional Republican organization. Some of the people that are involved in the Constitutional Republicans also do a, do a live talk thing, even though it's not connected to this, this office and all this other stuff. And so State Farm 
canceled their insurance on this building that has nothing to do with the radio or the radio in the past and the uh, the live stream on the Facebook. It's interesting because in the document I read that I now can't find um, says that because you do this talk show and it and it's one sided. In other words, you're for the Republicans. We're canceling you. Now, they have, uh, in my view, uh, they I think private businesses should have a right to decline to to do business with folks now recently uh people have been boycotting chick-fil-a they've been the left has been boycotting and doing all kinds of stuff um because they claim oh well they're not into you know in other words if you're into traditional marriage you're a racist Everybody's a racist now if you don't believe like the woke people. So I believe that in a, in a, uh, like it used to be in restaurants, they used to have signs, no shirt, no shoes, no service. They have a right to decline service. I don't even know whether they can decline service anymore. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But it, it seemed like the government is picking and choosing. And when it seemed like they're anti Christian and anti conservative. So State Farm now has taken a stand that uh, that in their situation, even though they told State Farm, the constitutional Republican effort is totally separate from anything we do as private individuals together on Facebook. But nonetheless, they canceled them and said and kept saying in this document that it was sent to them that they because they do a, a talk show. And it is, uh, I'm trying to find this, doggone it, <laughs> crazy, I can't find this. Because it, they, they do this talk show, they're not going to insure them. Here it is right here, I found it. Thank you, Jesus. Because I wanted to read this to you. Because I think it's fascinating. And I don't necessarily uh, have a problem with this, but I'm gonna. I need to. I need to dial this all in. We got. I'm gonna finish up by talking about this. It says State Farm General Insurance Company is unable to provide the coverage you uh, request in your application because business sponsor the business sponsors a radio talk show and will work against those not for the Republican Party. Is that unbelievable? That's unbelievable. They put it in writing. It's right here. November 14, 2019. It says, business sponsors a radio talk show and will work against those not for the Republican Party. As a result, your policy will be canceled. Da, 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 right? So, uh, anyway, it says, if you can't find any coverage, here's a reference to this this outfit like a statewide outfit to help you get coverage. So do you think people have a right to refuse, refuse service? My feeling is in a, in a, in a society, people have a right to refuse service and I have a right to not do business with state farm anymore. You see what I'm saying? It goes both ways. It's okay. 
In other words, it, it, it's disappointing that State Farm would not. This doesn't have anything to do with homosexuality or sexuality or transsexuality or having sex with a donkey. This has to do with because they are, uh, and it isn't even the Constitutional Republicans going over and doing the same organization, doing the program. It's it's just it's just like, for instance, if you're over here and you work for the hospital, but then you're a little league coach. And that, but the fact that you work for the hospital is a problem being a little league coach. It's just like, say what? How does the two conflict? So State Farm has declined them. That's nice to know because I wouldn't want to, I, personally, I, I'm, I'm not going to get all worked up about it, but I'm not going to do business with State Farm Insurance locally because, or extra locally, because of their stance against people that, support the Republican Party or conservative causes. It doesn't mean they hate liberals. So I, they have a right to decline the coverage because they don't have to take any coverage. Insurance companies decline people all the time. They say, we don't want to take that, that risk. We don't want that coverage, right? But now they're doing it on politics, you see? It's the same way that people say, they said, well, California said, you're not going to be allowed to stay in a Trump hotel, when you go to that city, right? You're not going to be, if you work for the state of California, you can't go to that state and do any conferences down there because they're pro, pro-life, pro right? That's the state of California. Well, I have the right, uh, if I was from out of the state and California did that, I'd have the right to not go to California. I, I can just say I'm not going to spend my money in California. I can say I'm not going to spend my money at State Farm, Right? So it's interesting how the government in some ways is forcing, trying to force people, and now they're losing those cases now that the president has changed. They're losing some of those cases where they're forcing people, you got to bake a cake for who the government tells you to bake a cake for. They're not telling State Farm they got to sell insurance to these people. So they're saying we're not going to insure your local constitutional Republicans, because you have a chalk show, which they don't, but they're ignoring that just because some individuals that happen to be conservative and in the constitutional Republicans also have a live stream talk show on Facebook. So therefore they're going to boycott them. Now that's the same thing that, um, now I think the state farm has a right to do this, but also it tells me, uh, it gives me a signal on who I want to do business with, you see? And so uh, the LGBT, XYM, OMG, all that stuff, those people are going to one business after another business and after another business, and it isn't, it isn't about tolerance. It's about we're going to shove this down your throat, and unless you believe in transsexuals and you're okay with it and you pro- you're not willing to promote it, uh, we're going to file a lawsuit against you, right? So you see this all over on the left. The tolerant, quote-unquote, tolerant left uh, are continually abusing the right of people to make choices. And so they go and say, well, we're going to, the state of California says, we're not going to attend any events in any of these states that are pro-life, that have these pro-life laws now. And we're not going to allow any of our people to stay anything that has anything to do with the president of the United States because we hate the president of the United States, right? 
So now we have State Farm saying we're not going to do any business with anything having to do with influencing people to be conservative. You see that? That's okay. It's okay with me. I, I'm, I don't like right now they're going after uh, Chick-fil-A because they support the Salvation Army. And then they're saying the Salvation Army does not support homosexuals, which is a lie. And unfortunately, now Chick-fil-A has been influenced to, to withdraw their money from people like the Salvation Army and other Christian nonprofits because uh, they think they, they, they want to be free from the appearance of evil. Right? So it's an interesting thing. If you have, if, you know... Um, there's a lot of insurance companies out there. It'd be interesting to see what others would do. I don't know where the constitutional republics are going to try to get their insurance from, but it's a heads up for you guys. If, if you have state farm insurance and you're Christian or conservative, <clears throat> I would look for another insurance carrier. I'm not trying to organize a bo boycott against them, but it's just like when you, you get to vo vote every two to four years. But you're, and that's a huge right, and it's very powerful. But let me tell you this. Every time you spend a dollar, you're voting. When you go to one coffee outlet versus another one, you're voting. And you're rewarding those people that treat you well and stand up for causes you believe in. Uh, you treat them by rewarding them with finances. And they give you a cup of coffee or give you a sandwich or something, right? You eat at their place. And uh, you can, you can, the, the left has been doing this with intensity for years. But you don't need to boy, like organize a boycott. You don't need to pick it. You can simply spend your money where uh, you feel it's doing some real good. And State Farm is saying, we don't want to support anybody that is supporting conservative causes. That's what they're really saying by this letter to the Constitutional Republicans of Sutter County. And I think they have a right to do that. I don't agree with their perspective, but I think they have a right to do that. The same way I think a baker has the right to reject uh, a baking a job or a venue operator has a right to reject a wedding or a, a t-shirt manufacturer has a right to reject a t-shirt job order or order that is offensive, that's printing something offensive, which is the deal with the t-shirt deal. And uh, because there's, the fact is there's alternatives. There's lots of bakers, they'll, they'll take, they'll print, or there's printers, they'll print anything on a t-shirt for a buck. There's people that'll bake anything for a buck, right? But that's what freedom's all about. So State Farm has a right to be anti-conservative. State Farm does. And we have a right, who are conservative, to choose a, uh, an agent who is either conservative or neutral. Just serves everybody. No problem. We're just insurance guys. We help everybody, right? All right, so we're going to call it a day. Uh, this is the uh, 34th episode, and, and uh, hope you uh, got something out of it, enjoyed it. And we'll be back right away with the 35th episode. And uh, 
So do, this week, do something cool. If you meet somebody that's, uh, you think, oh, this is a new person, a pretty cool person. You never know. The Bible says you might, if you meet a stranger, be careful to treat them well because they may be a stranger or they may be a uh, angel and you just didn't know it. So uh, have a good day. God bless you. And we'll be right back next week. Bye-bye. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them. Someone to love, someone to love, sweetheart.